but where is this revenue coming from? Posting fees. So posting fees range from free for the majority of common for sale items, so like the computer parts or car parts that I was mentioning, all the way to paid listings. And these paid listings can cost anywhere from $3 to $75, depending on the type of listing you have. So for example, if you post a job, it might cost $30 for the company per posting. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. So Jeff, what is the weirdest interaction you've had with someone from the internet? One time I tried to sell this like weight rack um, that I didn't need anymore. And I was trying to say like, oh, we should meet up at the local Whole Foods. It's like a public place. And the guy was adamant about not meeting me in a public place. He's like, no, I want to come to your house to see this thing. And I was like, I'm not meeting you. <laughs> Today's show, we're talking about Craigslist, a classified advertisements website. That is amazing. I've had the opposite reactions where I've actually you know, sold something on Craigslist. And I was like, we have to meet at a Starbucks because I don't want to meet you anywhere, that, like you know, in a dark alley anywhere. But as Jeff mentioned, Craigslist is a digital classifieds website. And I feel like both of us dated ourselves since no one reads the newspapers anymore. Um, <laughs> or I don't even know who uses Craigslist for that matter. But basically, if you haven't been to Craigslist before, it's a all text website when you land there. So it's really interesting where it feels like, you know, straight out of like GeoCities, mm-hmm. like 1990s yeah. website um, where you can post services and goods on Craigslist. And you can also browse for different Craigslist, you know, services, goods. It's a huge, you know, range of goods that are served, you know, looking at your different location because each Craigslist location is assigned to your metropolitan area. So for me, it's rochester.craigslist.com or .org rather. And I'm sure, Jeff, you're like, there's a bunch of different areas in the, like, there's a broader Bay Area one and then there's mm. more specific neighborhoods, neighborhoods like Oakland yeah. or San Francisco and all of that. But you can do anything from, you know, for sale section, which will have anything from computer parts to cars all the way to jobs. So if you're looking at temp jobs or if you're looking at actual full-time employment, you can go to Craigslist as well. And then there's also like the, you know, weirder section and I'll say that with like an asterisk, but it's basically <laughs> for like misconnections. And there was also previously some weirder stuff <laughs> available on Craigslist, which Jeff, I'm sure you'll get into in the history section. So it's a free to use website. So what is Craigslist business model? So it's crazy to me how much revenue that Craigslist generates and how small the company it is. I think it's really interesting how they've been able to take a 50-person team that's behind Craigslist and turn it into just this massive generating revenue generating machine. So the most recent data that I could find on the internet was $700 million in annual revenue in 2016. Totally insane. I did not expect that when I was looking up like the revenue for Craigslist. Some independent researchers more recently in 2019 estimated that it's closer to $1 billion, which is just massive for a free-to-use website with 50 people running it, which is amazing amount of revenue per employee that Craigslist is, is generating. I'd, yeah. I'm curious to see what their costs are. I can't imagine that they're super high because, you There's know, like nothing. It's, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's maybe hosting yeah, servers hosting for pictures, yeah. but even then, like you clear that out every 30 days and, you know, it's, it's crazy. So it just... Massive amounts of margin, I'm sure. But where is this revenue coming from? Posting fees. 
So posting fees range from free for the majority of common for sale items. So like the computer parts or car parts that I was mentioning all the way to paid listings. And these paid listings can cost anywhere from $3 to $75, depending on the type of listing you have. So for example, if you post a job, it might cost $30 for the company per posting. So then you can start to see like where this turns up and, you know, what Craigslist is basically a giant advertising site where, you know, they're bringing in this big eyeballs and uh, ecosystem where people know that you can buy stuff on Craigslist and find jobs on Craigslist. People are still going to Craigslist, but then they can start to charge more money where there's a higher willingness to pay for other folks. So I found like a nice listing of where the costs are. So job postings in the US range from $10 to $75 to post. Mm -hmm. Apartment rentals in select cities like Boston, Chicago, New York, and commercial real estate listings cost $5 to post, which is super surprising that it's that low. So I used to live in Boston and Boston apartments is infuriating. They charge something called a broker fee. So it's typically one month's rent. So if you are to move into a new apartment, you would have to find it on Craigslist, do all the work yourself. And then you just happen to, you would have to also pay a broker one month's rent. So to move in, you'd have to pay security first months and a broker's fee. So for a $2,000 apartment, that's $6,000 that you're shelling out. And the broker typically did nothing. So I'm shocked that it's only $5 for, for that apartment listing. Yeah. But some other by dealer offerings. So like you can also list your car by dealer. And so that's anywhere from three to five dollars per posting. Furniture in Vancouver, which is super interesting that it's only Vancouver, costs three dollars in Vancouver. And then some gigs in the US in some select Canadian areas ranges from three to ten dollars. But what I think we should talk about is some of the product features of Craigslist and just how simple it is. Like I don't know when the last time you sold something on Craigslist. I'm actually in the process of selling a computer computer monitor right now on Craigslist. And it was super easy and it hasn't changed in the 15 nope. to 20 years <laughs> that I've been using Craigslist. Like I basically immediately was able to click start posting, type in the posting without signing in, which is really fascinating. And then as soon as I typed in my email, it signed me in afterwards and said, hey, if you want to post this, check your email. And I love that mechanism. So Kudos to the, like the team that thought out that whole model for posting and making it so easy, because that's the biggest barrier for for Craigslist is you want to make sure it's still adding value to customers going to the site that are just browsing for cheap things, and you want to make it as easy as post those classifieds as possible. So I, I definitely appreciate that, and just the overall site simplicity. I think they, you know, have definitely added some additional features, like when you're adding where you are locationally, it'll give like a a dot. And then draw a circle around the dot for like the range of where you are. So someone, if you are selling something like at your house, like you can, you know, show people not your exact address. Like a safety but feature, yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. But it's really interesting how it's been so simple. And also it's because it's so simple, it's also ripe for abuse, which we'll we'll get to yeah. a little bit later. But that's that's Craigslist in, in a nutshell. Yeah. I um, do still use Craigslist to sell things because I don't sell things too often. I mean, if it's like something my friends can use, I'll just kind of give it away. And um, if it's like really you know, worth a lot or whatever, I'll, I'll sell it on Craigslist. Actually, that story about the weight rack was relatively recently, like maybe in the last month or two, um, where somebody was like wanting to come buy it, but didn't want to show up at my house, for example. And that was like a big issue for safety. So I was like, I'm not going to, it's not worth it for me. I'll, I'm just, I'll wait to sell it. I've sold two cars and a motorcycle on Craigslist. So I've actually like had some pretty decent success. And I was actually surprised that they charged anything for posting because I've never had to pay anything, but it makes sense what you said here. Any sort of like for sale things are for, are for free and don't cost me anything. I've also posted apartment rentals before and never had to pay anything. So I'm not sure 
like if they've changed or if maybe it's for like at scale, like once you post your third one, then you start charging people for it. But yeah, I think I'm, it's just in those select locate locations, uh, like just like Boston, Chicago. That's New York. right. I see. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But yeah, I actually like luckily had no issues selling those two cars and the motorcycle. And it was like pretty hassle free. And I, I know there's other companies now that we'll talk about in the competitor section that do something similar. But yeah, I've had some pretty good luck with Craigslist. But you do have to make sure that you're doing it in a safe way, like selling publicly, making sure that everything's in cash or, you know, some, something that's pretty well trusted, basically not check. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, there's a, a couple of tips and tricks there. What a world that we live in that checks are still a thing. I, I will know. never forget my my friend Patrick from grad school. He came from South Africa and his mind was blown where he's like, I have to write a check and I don't understand why. And they actually want a fax paper. It's like, why is this like America, yeah, <laughs> like you know, this so, first world country yeah. like doing all of these things? And he was like, he would just rage about like not being able to use all these things. Yeah. So a lot of antiquated um, processes for sure. <laughs> exactly. What about you? What was like the most, I don't know valuable or expensive thing you sold on craigslist it sounds like you're selling computer parts right now so yeah i'm selling a monitor right now i would say like i consistently have turned a profit on every tv that i've ever bought and sold <laughs> so like, nice <laughs> I, we actually it all started back in like 2012 when my wife and i bought our first tv we actually went to best buy at open box and it was out in boston so i guess a thing in boston is where you know the patriots will go to the playoffs unfortunately i'm not a patriots fan <laughs> but anyways, like the uh sorry if you are. Actually not sorry. I, I hate the Patriots. <laughs> but during January, the Best Buy associate was telling us like that's the time to buy a TV is because everyone that's in that region will buy a TV and then just because Best Buy has a 30-day or 60-day policy, I'm sure it's changed, mm -hmm. they would basically return, return a TV. It. And so you can get a really Unused, essentially unused or used for like four hours TV from Best Buy. So that's what we did. And we got like a 50% a discount off this TV and yeah. have just been able to flip it every like year or two into a new TV. So I think like in total, we've now have like this ridiculous like 75 inch TV, but we've probably only paid $200 for it because we've just been like solely up leveling like TVs. Like it's like that story of a guy that, you know, turned a paperclip into the a traders, house. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I still use Craigslist a lot for, you know, big ticket items like that. And I also used it, you know, really heavily for wholesaling computer parts. So like mm -hmm. when I used to run my own computer part business where my uncle would give me his old used computers from his IT business, I would fix up the ones that I could and sell those up on eBay and part them out on eBay if I could. But if I got a big shipment of like, you know, 40 or 50 PC towers that I didn't want to deal with, I would just, you know, list them in bulk on Craigslist to yeah, say, wholesale. hey, like, yeah, like wholesale, like here's 10 like PCs, like just a hundred bucks. It's like not worth my time to like pick it over or okay. I've already picked it over and, and just selling it. And it's amazing to see like how arbitrage like works in real time, yeah. you know, like just like, you know, like living it with like all these like markets, like you have your eBay for doing this and then your Craigslist for doing that and then buying it new and, and so on and so forth. So I forgot your original question, Jeff. So I'm apologize for rambling, <laughs> but that's my Craigslist experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was just about like what you've sold, like the most expensive or most valuable thing you sold on Craigslist. I recently found, I don't know how I came across this guy, but I was looking for an office chair because the office chair that I was in was, you know, kind of like I had sat in it for about a year and it was like a hundred dollar chair and it was hurting my back. And so what I ended up doing was um, I sold that office chair on Craigslist and I bought a Herman Miller chair off this like third party guy. And if you ever go down the rabbit hole of like buying a Herman Miller chair, they have like a really long warranty, but there's like this third party ecosystem where you can get them for like pretty steep discounts because they're not cheap chairs. 
Um, but then you don't get the warranty. So I like found this guy, had to drive like 40 minutes away. He was like selling them out of this like <laughs> container or like, you know, basically it was one of those like private oh, storage places. So I was like really sketched out. But when we got there, he was like, there's like a, a crap ton of Herman Miller chairs in like really good condition. And like, I got a pretty steep discount. And he was like saying there's a warranty, but you almost never need it. They're built so well. And here I am sitting in an $800 chair. So um, <laughs> yeah, so that was like the most recent experience I had on Craigslist. That's like the most Craigslist story that I've ever heard. You know, it's like you're going to like this dude's like, <laughs> like basically sketchy warehouse yeah. of Herman Miller chairs, but it's super specific. Like I'm, I guarantee that like, and this is where like I was talking about like with the arbitrage where like this guy, I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm guessing here, but I'm sure that he just goes around to like offices that like, or startups that close in the Bay area yeah, and just absolutely. buys everything in bulk yeah. and then knows that each chair he can make like X amount of dollars and will sell it, you know, for you know, the tech worker like you that yeah. used to work for the startup that just failed. And now it has the, <laughs> your yeah. same work chair at home. It's yeah. like the, the virtuous cycle. Yeah, that's absolutely what happens. So yeah, I, I saw that there's other companies, and I, I forgot what they call them, but like, it's basically like office closures, where they buy up everything in, in bulk, and then they turn around, they clean them up and sell them for a profit, because they know a lot about the chairs and people are looking for the chairs. And there's some people that like, end up buying storefronts for it. But this guy just started and, you know, got a good deal for it. Totally. And I just like wonder, like as a meta point, you know, how does Craigslist control scams? You know, like how do they control all of like the fraud and all this? Because it's a bit of like, there's a ton of trust involved with Craigslist, you know, it's like where it's like you and me are just like, hey, like I'm only going to meet in a public place. Like, please don't come to my, (laughs) please don't come to my house. I think because there's no money exchange in the platform, they like absolve themselves of any liability. So like you set up everything off the platform and then like if you get robbed you know it's not really craigslist's (laughs) fault right like yeah (laughs) they're just an ads listing space and you know i don't know i think that's the way they see it like you never pay for anything on craigslist specifically like there's no buying mechanism everything's handled offline so because there's no audit trail or transaction they're not liable for anything whereas like another company we'll talk about in a bit but like facebook marketplace because you're doing the transaction online and there's some things involved, like I think they have to have some level of protection and moderation mm. and stuff like that. But yeah, it's slightly different. That makes total sense. Let's talk about how Craigslist came to be. So obviously, the person who founded Craigslist's name is Craig. Uh, Craig Newmark began the company in 1995. This is like kind of the early days of you know widespread use of the internet. It started as an email distribution list for just friends. So it wasn't like there wasn't any public way to access Craigslist. And it was mostly for like Bay Area events around social events and software and internet developers. It expanded mostly by word of mouth. So people were using it and were like, this is cool. I can like get other friends on this and tell people about events and stuff like that and share out all these things. And there was purposely no moderation because it was meant for a smaller group. Over time, Craig realized that Craigslist was growing at a pretty rapid clip and uh, people actually started to post job postings on the website because there's this you know high concentration of like tech savvy people on craigslist Mm -hmm. and so they're posting jobs and he realized that there was a kind of like a demand for this and so he created a new category specifically for jobs and over time there were more people posting about random stuff so the category list started to grow and grow and grow and now you'll find everything like you mentioned like misconnections is like a funny one uh, that a lot of people talk about in craigslist but yeah like it has like a ton of different categories and over time Craig and eventually a small team of people started to like add more and more to Craigslist. In 1999, Craigslist incorporated as a private for-profit company. And he realized by 2000 that he was able to actually quit his job as a software developer um, to work on Craigslist full-time. 
by 2000, there were nine employees and they all worked out of Newmark's San Francisco apartment, which is really funny. And I'll talk about that in a little bit too, about his like personality and private life. But in January of 2000, the current CEO of Craigslist, Jim Buckmaster, he joined the company as like a lead programmer and the chief technology officer. And then was promoted to CEO of November of that year. It's kind of a testament to Craig Newmark. I don't think that he actually made Craigslist originally to make money. It wasn't like mm-hmm. intended to be this like big thing or this unicorn idea. It's kind of like the popular thing right now where, you know, people are like, oh, I started Airbnb because I had this vision and, you know, it was two bedrooms in a living room or I started this company for that or like, you know, Theranos, like I wanted to make, <laughs> <laughs> you know, blood testing uh, affordable for everybody. There's like this really big vision behind it. Craig Newmark just made this for his friends and it just kind of got out of control. Yeah. Um, so, and he, and he never really claimed to want to be this big figurehead of the company of Craigslist. And I think you can kind of see with the product today, like it, they never really had long-term aspirations for what this could be. It just kind of served its purpose and it's still meeting a need for people, uh, to kind of post in this one place. But yeah, over time, the website expanded into nine more U S cities in 2000, uh, four more in 2001 and, and then 14 more in 2003. So it eventually expanded to all the, all the U S states. And in August 1st, 2004, it began charging $25 to post job openings on New York and LA because those were really hot job markets at the time. So it's so simple. Yeah. That was like the first time they turned on the, Hey, we've got ads. You can pay for this ad space, these eyeballs. And it's like really early days, right? Like now a lot of companies do that. Facebook's kind of the king of this. Craigslist had done this since 2004 and they kind of proved that this business model worked really, really well. Get traffic on the website and then start charging for real estate, you know, eyeball real estate. I feel like this is like the first freemium model that went six, that was like a big success. Like now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, like it has to be, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, just like literally like hearing Craig's story of like, you just like, sounds like an awesome dude. You know, he's like, hey, I started an email distribution list and like, oh, I guess we have to monetize it. You know, like we have so many eyeballs, yeah. like how are we going to pay for these servers? I love it. Yeah. So Newmark married his wife in 2012. And I just wanted to call out this part because it kind of shows how humble he is. In the Wikipedia article, it says they enjoy birding together. He splits his time between a house in San Francisco's Coal Valley and then an apartment in New York City's Greenwich Village. He flies commercial. He doesn't own a car and he prefers using public transport. (laughs) What I've heard time and time again is that he's worth a lot of money, but he doesn't really spend it on any frugal things. And he actually has like a pretty long list of philanthropy. My wife, who had like previously worked in university funding uh, and looking for grants and grant writing and stuff like that, always talked about Craig Newmark because he's from the Bay Area and is like kind of willing to like secretly give money to like a bunch of different organizations and stuff like that. He's not really about spending or blowing the money that he had come across. And again, like it kind of shows that he was never really in it to like create the next big thing. He just kind of happened to stumble across this money and still owns the same house, doesn't own a car, uses public transport, not really about kind of that, that fame or whatever. I think it's super interesting. And it's like, it's such a feel good story, you know, of like, he's sitting on a literal cash cow, like $600 million, like with 50 employees is $12 million per employee, which is like an absolutely insane number. Um, And just like to put that in context with like some other companies like Netflix, which is one of the biggest or sorry, is one of the most efficient companies at revenue per employee only makes 2.3 million. I say only 2.3 million, 2.3 million per employee. To look at Apple, it's like 1.9 million mm-hmm. per per employee. Microsoft's, you know, 877,000. eBay, which is like a good like you know competitor to that, I'm sure we'll talk about to Craigslist, is only 
$800,000 and then Amazon's 350,000. So it's crazy, like $12 million per employee. I imagine they have a ton of profit. Like this is ripe for some like company to make a outrageous offer to Craig, you know, to Craig Newmark, the founder and say, Hey, we want to buy your company and just monetize this. And I'm sure there's tons of ways that that's happened. And he's turned it down. Like it doesn't seem like he wants to like make Craig's listen to anything else. Right. It's just like kind of his, his persona to like make it accessible for people and like charge enough to where he's, he's using this money for like other means or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like this is definitely like a unicorn. Like I, I imagine like, with a company, a company that makes a billion dollars a year, like if you're going to like just do simple like acquisition multipliers and like by no means am I a VC expert, but let's say you're going to pay 10x multiple for your revenue, like that's $10 billion that you're like going to spend for Craigslist. And I'm sure you could monetize Craigslist in all these other ways and make it obviously a, a worse platform in Craig's mind and probably my mind as well. Um but I don't think that's going to happen as long as Craig owns it. There were some blurbs about his net worth. And I think he was at one point supposedly in the low billions. And then I think he gave some money away. Then he ended up in like, unfortunately, the hundreds of millions at that time. <laughs> and then he publicly refuted this report that he was worth $400 million, And he said something to the tune of, oh, because of the way that I chose to monetize Craigslist, he said 90% of the potential worth that I could have had was like thrown away at that time. Basically, I think what he was saying was... He had made Craigslist affordable enough for people and he wasn't squeezing out every little nickel and dime out of the platform that like he could have been more rich, but he chose not to be, I think is what what he was basically saying. Yeah. And so like, honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised if like Craig Newmark takes the company and like converts it to like a trust or some way to just like make it, you know, ever present where it's like Craigslist is just like an institution. It would be really cool to like, you know, this is me of like being, you know, altruistic of like having all of the Craigslist profits go to a fund Wikipedia. I was just I about like... to say, it reminds me of Wikipedia. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so nobody um, wants to pay for Wikipedia, but everybody uses it. So. Hey, man, I, I donate my $10 a year. I, I pay my cup of coffee, whatever Jimmy Wells yeah. asked me to do. I, I do it because I get that big red nasty gram because I'm not signed into any Wikipedia except for the <laughs> one time per year where I'm like, oh, I want to get rid of this ever present ad. But it'd be great to see like, you know, like, you know, Craigslist, you know, fund Wikipedia. I feel like those are two like just quintessential staples of the internet. It's yeah. like cra- Public utility. Rubino. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there, there is no internet without Craigslist and there is no internet without Wikipedia, at least the internet as, as I know it. Um, That's a good point. I mean, like you think about like public parks that are paid for by tax dollars or something. This seems like that, yeah. but in the digital space. This is like your bulletin board of, of the internet. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about just like the more about the scams and the controversy. Like I, I know that back in like this is probably 10, 20 years ago, there was the Craigslist killer. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, but I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this guy like Philip Markoff, who yeah, I think it was 2010, where he was actually, uh, you know, going onto Craigslist back when Craigslist had an adult section and he was like killing like prostitutes basically mm. where he would like rob and murder prostitutes. And so it was in the Boston area where he actually lured them into a Boston hotel and unfortunately murdered this woman. And then committing suicide in prison. But I think it was like a huge risk at the time, you know, of like six, seven, eight years later after Craigslist became all throughout the United States, there was this like Craigslist killer. I remember sitting down in the news and my mom being like, you use Craigslist, Mike, are you going to like, are you being safe and all of that? And so I think that is like the extreme end of the risk Mm -hmm. that you could Mm -hmm. potentially take. So I'm glad Jeff to hear that you're not bringing randos to your house and you're you're (laughs) I'm bringing them to Whole Foods. I figured that's like a really good place. There's a lot of eyeballs. People are really nosy. 
exactly yeah, it's always a good place to like sell stuff no i i, I love that but, but yeah I, I did want to mention just like that like you know unfortunate stain that's that's on craigslist but i think you know to your point from a legal perspective it does make sense like it's not there's no cash being transacted on craigslist it's all just facilitating that so yeah at our local police station there is like a, a camera and then like a local drop-off place intended for stuff like craigslist like if you wanted to like go oh. and sell something you can go there it's recorded literally right by the police station my, my you policy buy drugs there <laughs> very safe transaction place uh yeah, could you my, imagine going to like it's so <laughs> funny that's um, a good episode of some comedy sketch just waiting to happen yeah exactly my policy is like look it's not worth the money for me to sell this thing or get rid of it unless i'm doing it in a place that's safe and like i i only accept cash so just like an easy way to i accept cash and i have one of those markers <laughs> it's like <laughs> is this is this money real markers and yeah i haven't had any anything burn me yet so far so i love time. it well we can talk about who craigslist is for i think this would be pretty short because a lot of people use craigslist so roughly a quarter of u.s internet users have visited craigslist once per month uh in 2018 so that to me was a crazy stat yeah and so i'm sure it's even higher for the percentage of U.S. customers or U.S. internet users who have ever used Craigslist because that's once per month. And how much does that turn over? You know, 12 times a year. So, but it, it's just amazing. Like you can, I mentioned this earlier and we've talked about this throughout the show. It's like, there's a ridiculous amount of categories on Craigslist. It's like everything under the sun, you know, it's like almost like the first everything story, you know, well, it's literally almost everything now that the adult section is removed. But what I wanted to call out though is like, you know, you mentioned bulletin board or classifieds, like much of this used to be actually part of the newspaper industry. So in 2014, so 10, this is 10 years after Craigslist came across all the states, Harvard researchers calculated that Craigslist had cost the newspaper industry $5 billion between 2000 and 2007. So that's, you know, roughly a billion dollars a year, $600 million a year. So it's, it makes sense to see that revenue that Craigslist has now is basically just cannibalized to everything from what was being put into the newspapers. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because, you know, now newspapers are dying and struggling. And like, there's even talk of like institutions like the Buffalo News, Buffalo's premier newspaper being purchased by a private equity company. And so it's just really sad to see that that huge revenue stream was removed and all the other things that are happening to newspapers. But yeah, now we have Craigslist, which is this this internet staple. But yeah, that's who Craigslist is for. Is it's, it's really for everyone. Yeah, let's talk about the competitors of Craigslist. And this is going to be interesting because they do a little bit of everything. The competitors don't seem like it's grouped into one thing. So Facebook Marketplace, because Craigslist is a place to sell and buy things, similar to like eBay as well. Indeed, um, a lot of people will post jobs on Craigslist, though I've never personally looked for a job on Craigslist. It, it does seem like uh, a place that people do look for help. Poshmark, similar to Facebook Marketplace, but specifically for clothes. Apartments.com, because they post room vacancies and looking for roommates and trying to you know get into leases and stuff like that. Carvana, because buying and selling vehicles. I've honestly done like a lot of these things on yeah. Craigslist. So it's, it's interesting to see that there's a bunch of competitors. Same. But yeah, it, it just does a, a, a whole bunch of different things. And it's hard to really pinpoint one specific competitor. And that's the reason why I think Craigslist is kind of still around. Awesome. Well, we can talk about our thoughts. So I'm happy to kick this off. I really like Craigslist. I'm going to call Craigslist, you know, a 4.2. I think that it's super simple, which I love, but that's also like the con of it is like, it's it's so simple where it's like text-based, like there's no reviews, you know, you can't review a single user. I don't think you'll ever be able to get to the point where it's like, hey, you know, Jeff's uh, 97% of transactions that Jeff made on Craigslist <laughs> were good. <laughs> Does not murder people. I, I don't think it'll ever get to that. It's just like simple. It's like, this is my shit. 
please buy it. Here's the price. We'll knock $20 off of it because we know you're going to haggle a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can just like know what you're going to get. Right. But I appreciate that it's like this ever-present tool and I, I, I still use it to, to clear some stuff out. So yeah, 4.2 stars for me. Yeah, for me, I'm going to give it like a 3.8. I think that like it is super useful. It's one place to post whatever you need. At the end of the day, I still end up posting in other places as well. So I like cross post what I'm selling on Craigslist also onto like Facebook Marketplace or like my neighborhood Facebook group or next door or whatever. Um, so it's not like Craigslist is the only thing I'm using. To your point from earlier, they haven't really made any changes in so many years. So the nice thing is that it is easy to post stuff, but I sometimes do wish there was like an easier way to search for things or maybe more bells and whistles. From their perspective, though, they've done a good job. They've kept costs really low. They've kept it really simple. It's super accessible for people. And that's where I'm giving most of the value of Craigslist. I do think of it as like a public utility or institution at this point. I'm not going to say that they do everything best in class. I think they're just kind of like this very good generalist website that <laughs> is able to be a place where you sell your you know, use clothes and list your apartments and sell your cars and maybe find love. I don't know. It's just, or a job, <laughs> any, any of the above. Um, so overall, you'll be all at the same time, yeah. you know, if you're lucky. Yeah, overall, I'll give it a 3.8. I love that. Well, those are our thoughts on Craigslist and we'd love to hear from our audience. Um, huge shout out to Rahul for suggesting this episode. I think we had a lot of fun. I know you wanted to hear about, you know, why doesn't, <laughs> why don't they make more money? Why don't they, you know, pump up the brand value and all of that, as well as just talking about like the the fraud and the controlling scam aspect of it. So definitely reach out to us. If you have an episode that you'd love for us uh, to, to pursue, you can find us on our Instagram and Twitter accounts at prodxpodcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X podcast. Yeah. And of course, if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.